0: I thought, I thought that's who you were. No, oh. punk ass yeah. bitches from the right call me Fredo. My name is Chris Cuomo. I'm an anchor on CNN. Oh, you're much... Fredo is from The Godfather. He was our weak brother. Isn't that your And they use though? it as an Italian aspersion. Any of you Italian? I'm a Are you I Italian. Got, I get a it's a fucking of... insult to your people. It's an insult to your fucking people. It's like the N word for us. Wow. Is that a cool fucking thing? You're a much more reasonable guy in person than you seem to be on television. Yeah, but if you want to play, then we'll fucking play. If you got something man. you want to say about what I do on television, and say it, but I'm going to call me a fucking Hey, man, insult. hey, listen. What? I what? don't want any problems. Bro. Yeah, you're going to have a big fucking problem. What's the problem? It's a little different on TV. Don't fucking insult me like that. I didn't insult you. the you know, fuck? you it call me even... Fredo. It's like I call you punk Bitch. You like that? You want well, that to be your nickname? I didn't call you that. I, you I called should... me Fredo. You I know thought... my name's not fucking Fredo. I, I thought your name was. You did not think my name was fucking Fredo. Don't be a liar you want to be a man. Stand up like a man. I want to be a man out yeah, here. Then fucking own it. Then own what, listen, you, on what listen, you said. Hey, then own what think, you said. Listen, take him out. I, I don't have a yeah, what? problem with you, man. You're going to have a fucking problem. What? What are you going to do about I'll, it? I'll fucking ruin your shit. Man. I'll fucking throw you down these stairs do like, a, like a fucking punk. Why? Right, so you can fucking sue? So you can don't fucking sue? Why don't you do it? Go take a swing. You want to call me Fredo? Take a fucking swing. Take a fucking swing. Watch your fucking hands. Take a swing. Watch your fucking hands. Take a swing. Come on, boy. Come on, boy. You want to call me shit? Holy uh, shit, hey, at. Hey, listen, man. I'm, right I'm not fucking I'm not doing here. anything. I'll fucking wreck your shit. So stop. I'll fucking wreck hey, Chris, your shit. Stop. You didn't actually You didn't know what you were doing with shit. I thought it was your name. I thought it was your name. You didn't know, right? Up, hey, you didn't know what you were saying, right? I thought it was insanity. I'm name. breaking it up. I'm breaking it up. This is my body. Hey, look at all these cameras. You're in for
1: it. You're in for what? Governor Gavin Newsom throws his support behind a new rent control bill. Teachers push for weaker requirements for reading, and there could be big changes in store for Proposition 13. That's what's coming up in this week's episode of California Streaming. This is the California Streaming Podcast with your hosts, Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're three conservative California natives putting ridiculous state and local politics on blast. So hop on our magic bullet train to nowhere, and let's talk some California politics. Fredo! Wow, man.
2: (laughs) Fredo! That is too
3: good. CNN.
1: He
2: will never stop being Fredo off the handle. Because of that. Oh, no, it's
3: done. That's a done deal. you
2: know the best part of it is that he himself was playing into an Italian stereotype of... I heard you could hear it. Thuggish buffoonery. Yeah, you,
1: could,
3: you could hear it.
1: And, and I apologize for the, uh, we're not normally that explicit. But I try to of, be. Yeah. I try to I'm working on it. <laughs> you have to hear the clip in its entirety, though, otherwise it loses its, if you had a beep every three seconds, it probably wouldn't have the same I don't lobster. know. It
2: tends to be more hilarious with the beeps, but. Uh...
1: And uh, You should hear what the other side sounds like in their native habitat.
3: Right when right. they don't get to edit themselves like they want to,
1: edit themselves or chastise everybody else for correct for doing things and
3: they're righteous and holier than thou. Who are you, punkhead bitch? Yeah. Right. Yeah. CNN is just on a. Um, I kind of want to roll with all yeah. that stuff. Mister Lemon,
2: <laughs> yeah, Lemon, right? He's...
3: Yeah, that one's a real interesting one, right? So I forget the guy's the the, the accuser's name. But I, but this came up again this week because the man, this person's manager was there. There's somebody accusing Don Lemon of sexual harassment at a, at a bar. No, yeah, right. Not Don Lemon at a bar. And the funny
2: has at a bar. You know, it's right. Weird.
3: And the accuser, um, w- he was with someone there, and this this person who the accuser was with has come out this week and said, yeah, it's basically like this like this guy's saying. The really funny thing is. I don't know about you guys, but it wasn't about a year ago where with Christine Blase Ford, believe all accusers, right? Well, where did, where did that hashtag go? Yeah. Magically. Now that someone's accusing like a Don Lemon, Whoa, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's true. We need to investigate the facts here. They're an accuser. Why not believe them? Right. And, And that's been the case with everything like, uh,
1: uh, who is the latest girl who came forth against Trump and said? And then, oh, her deposit, her uh, her deposition keeps getting. Oh, she right. keeps dropping the case. Yeah, right? she keeps dropping the case because she is. just wants attention, and that's the problem with her. Right, but yeah. we're told to, you need to believe at all costs.
3: Or there was the right. lady. Did she work for magazine or in the fashion industry or something in the nineties? And she accused Trump of of rape. And she was on an interview with. Um, Anderson Cooper. It, what? what is rape? Yeah, CNN's really got a bunch of winners here. She's on an interview with Anderson Cooper, and she she made some comment before a, a quickly developing break after she said something like, you know, sometimes like rape is just exciting. or She made some crazy <laughs> yeah. comment. And, and like Anderson Cooper's face. It can be
2: anything. Yeah. And he was just like, "Got to and commercial. And he's like, uh,
3: we're going to be right back. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was the fastest commercial break you've ever seen. These people are so
1: in a... Uh,
2: They got the derangement syndrome.
1: It's that, but but they're such in a hurry to get people on who are going to express what they think supports their deal. Fat right? That they don't even vet it, fact checked, nothing, nothing, right? And it, I sent this um, funny screenshot from ESPN today to somebody. Basically, it kind of goes to the zero fact checking. People are lazy, and the. Little League World Series, you know when the kids up to bat, they've got yeah. like little fun facts about them at the bottom. This one kid had said his favorite athlete was Brandy Love, who is a pornographic actress, right? <laughs> and this like 12-year-old just played ESPN.
3: Cuz that's what he answered on like that's... whatever profile they ask all the kids <laughs> right. to fill out. I, oh I don't my.
2: Know. Brandy Love some kind of YouTuber or something, I don't know what. So
1: they put that up and you're just like well done, kid. Well nice. done. You Very already nice. know how to
3: manipulate the media. Zero fact checking. It's just, yeah, man, I you almost, it's it's at the point, you almost just got to ignore it. Because, again, where is the justice, where's the logic behind believe everyone except when it's something that we don't want to believe the accuser for? It. Where are people actually mentioning that stuff? They're not.
1: No, it's all guilty until proven innocent. Right. Especially if you fall on a certain side of the spectrum.
2: Are we following Talib and her anti Semitic journey through Palestine? I Israel.
3: Let me read hold <laughs> on. Let me read you a little little tweet to kick this one off. So <laughs> um August sixteenth, three thirty, I'm guessing Eastern, I don't know, maybe Pacific. Trump tweets out. Reb Talib wrote a letter to Israel. Of Israeli officials desperately wanting to visit her grandmother. Permission was quickly granted. Whereupon Talib obnoxiously turned the approval down. A complete setup. The only real winner here is Talib's grandmother. She doesn't have to see her now.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. I, I'm Brutal. still waiting for. I'm still waiting for the photo op of Talib and her grandmother to even prove that oh, she man. gives a damn about her.
1: I. You know what. I might be in the minority on this. I like his tweets. <laughs> I think you, know, you see a little
3: bit of just a real person behind it, you know, and he's frustrated like everybody else. It's funny. There, this, this does seem to be, if there's one polarizing issue between, um, let's just call it the average person that, that, that does support Trump, right? This is the dividing line is how he Absolutely. communicates. You remember I, um, we had the chance, all three of us, I think, to go to the first, to go to a talk with some radio show hosts after Trump's first 100 days in office. Right. And they asked these radio show hosts, raise your hand if you th- so like. It so was, it was Ben Shapiro, right? Right. Hugh Hewitt. Yes. And, and um, Larry Elder. Larry Elder. Mm-hmm. That's right. Raise your hand if you like Trump's tweets and his tweeting. And it was split. I think Shapiro hated it and right. Larry Elder loved it. Right. And I forget what Hugh, maybe Hugh Hewitt was moderating some of that part it's the polarizing issue right and everyone and i've gone back and forth with people on this and it's a it's just an interesting experiment or thought experiment i'm not sure obviously i could make an argument this is not very presidential what what is a president of the united states doing tweeting this out on the other hand is he president today if he's not of that kind of attitude right probably not so i'm not sure it's as clear cut as he should just not do that. Well, if he doesn't do it, he
2: isn't here. Well, let me let me play this. If if he didn't say or bring attention to this, nobody would have known that she's going to <clears throat> now that's true. Israel. Now that's true too. On a trip sponsored by very shady organizations that are bent on the destruction of Israel, <clears throat> and huh, all these itineraries would have never come to light if he didn't actually mention it. So whose fault? Who's, where do we draw the line here? I don't and, know.
1: And I don't know the the appropriate answer when we've never really had a president where pretty much the entire media is out to get him mm-hmm. every second of every day. He dominates
3: every news cycle totally. on the network
1: news. Totally.
3: He dominates financial news now. Everything, I mean, literally every avenue of news. Everything. So,
1: which I believe is his goal, good or bad. That's, right. That's his yep. goal, right? Success. He succeeded. He had like six billion in yeah. free advertising, they estimate, right. when he ran during his election. So, how is he supposed to respond to all of that? And I don't, I don't get, I don't agree with that. Well, because he's the president, he needs to just like be buttoned up in his corner while everyone gets to take pot shots at him all day long. And here he's got a method to where he can respond in real time to
3: things that are coming out against him while they're still in everybody's brain. Real time circumventing as for as long as they don't ban him on Twitter, circumventing all of the other noise. It's like literally right. It's direct from him. And, And on top of
1: that, he doesn't have another channel to, you know, okay, Fox, whatever. If he wants to make a point or he wants to um, defend himself, nobody's mm-hmm. going to carry what he says appropriately. Yeah. You already see it now. You can watch, <laughs> I run to this at the gym. They've got Fox on one TV and next to it, they got CNN. Interesting. And they're running the same story with completely different lower <laughs> thirds. And I always laugh because it's just, they're both completely different. Am right? I living in the same world? Here? <laughs> right. Yeah. It, so how else is he supposed to get his point of view or his side out? I. It's a good point. I think it's funny.
2: It's hilarious. I, it it totally really is. is. It totally
1: is. And and I think there's this other four D chess side of. He's making a complete mockery of social media. Mm-hmm. Right at the bottom of it,
2: it's like, and I'm gonna f with Twitter too. You know, like, sure, because he can. Because they 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 can't boot him off because he's such a money maker for him. It's great. Mm-hmm. Great. Any um any new
3: thoughts about the Dems? In the race. It sounds like we're starting. They're starting to drop. I, yeah, got to, Hick and I think Hickenlooper. Hick he's dropped out. off. Yeah,
2: he's out. He was. Uh, he was never tired really of in, going, but he's out now. He was a little tired of going. Be reasonable. What's oh, wrong yeah. with you? No, there's no, there's no space on those stages for a reason.
3: No, that's for sure.
2: And that's the scary part. That's the real scary part. But at least we're we're done talking about it, the inverted yield curve. Oh my goodness. I think dominated um, for a little while. It sounds like Warren
3: is out in front big time in Iowa. And, you know, you look at the stage, the debate stage, basically it seems like Warren stole all of Bernie's talking points and is delivering them from a much more
2: energetic, approachable package. I said it. She's just a better politician. that's right. She's just a better politician. That's right. She knows what she is doing and how to do it. That's right. And when you stack her up against most of the other ones, they're— You Co- see it,
3: including Bernie. I mean, he still got the the fan favorites, right? That will he's follow him. He's got the him. fan favorites. He'll, they'll follow him. It, off I, a I cliff. think a
2: lot of people got to come to grips with the fact that he got so far the last go around because he wasn't Hillary Clinton. Yes. yes, that's that's true. Got a lot of the anti-Hillary votes in the Democrat Party, and when it came down to at the end, when it was Hillary versus Donald, a lot of people just said, "I still can't pull that trigger, that pull that lever." Right, for Hillary. That was it. And I'll say what we were
3: talking about offline. Um, I just don't see a banjo. I think after two debates now, for, for forget policy, forget the Kamala interaction. I just don't think he's up for it Like mentally. the guy, He's old. Yeah. The guy's... Uh,
2: f- you never get tired of the one. I mean, no, I, he's also... a great singer i mean he's ready to go to the villages as a permanent resident 24-hour hospice care there's the best part right here hit that note joe
3: his smile alone could probably push those village condos like crazy on tv
1: you know you know how your john's litmus test is always who could you have a beer with right i could have a beer with joe yeah, correct. It just seems like if you didn't talk politics, it's you have
2: Beers and probably have a good time with. The I, guy. I think you would have a couple of beers with you.
3: <laughs> I think you would too. Well, who, okay, well, interesting question. Let's spend one one quick second. Who else on that stage
2: could you would you have a beer with?
3: Um, is, is there anybody
2: else? I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, how drunk do we get these people? <laughs> I know. Because right. I think uh, I think you can see a, a difference in in. In their personalities when you get them yeah. nice and toasty. I mean, like Francis O'Rourke. He's a, he's a live wire, and his arms are flailing everywhere when he's oh, had a few. Babe. You know what? It's funny. I think
3: I'd – you're going to think I'm crazy here. Well, as opposed to any other day? I'd rather sit down and have a beer with Bernie than like Beto. It's funny. I've told people this before. Maybe I've said it on air. I actually respect Bernie Sanders because he has been consistently socialistic for like his entire career right at least he doesn't flip flop to for the, I mean on the on the big stuff I guess doesn't seem to flip flop guy's insane policy wise but I respect that he is who he is and he's been who he's been and it's the same person roughly and okay is that so you like socialism is what you're saying it is not what I'm saying <laughs> but I could have a beer with a guy like that whereas
2: Beto I. Yeah. Where you would consistently have a dialogue. Yes. And, yeah, I get you.
3: Yes, that's I what i Yeah,
2: well, a lot of these other guys, they're Dude. just fluid. They're going to tell do me, do that's right, want.
3: what do you want to hear right now while we're sitting down and talking, and that's what they're going to tell me. He wouldn't do that. We'd totally disagree on policy, but he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't pay you a livable wage either. He would not, but I'm Bernie 2020. So,
2: And I'm sorry, you're picking up that bar tab. <laughs>
3: Time for the first topic.
2: It is on the
3: notion of rent control. Once mm. again, guys, you know I know we've talked about this on past episodes, but um, I know not everyone can catch every episode. And I do think this—I think this is going to happen. It's in California, so it's inevitably going to happen. So I think it's worth as this new stuff comes out, just continuing to talk about it. So this comes from Reason Magazine on August eighth. Uh, Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom announced his support for capping annual rent increases. Not a big surprise, right? He said, quote, I'm hopeful that I will get on my desk in the very near term a rent cap bill because it is long overdue in the state of California. Well, that says everything you need to know. People, you need to start preparing for rent control coming to California. So here's the critical um Assembly Bill, AB 1482, this bill, and this is language from the bill itself. That's what I wanted to pull, and I'll, and I'll go through it slowly here. But but again, this, I think, is exactly what's coming down. It's just a matter of time now. This bill, with certain exceptions, prohibits an owner, as defined, of residential property from terminating the lease of a tenant that has occupied the property for at least 12 months without just cause, as defined. So, you've got someone living in the place that you're renting out, and they've been renting for more than 12 months, unless it's for a reason, part of a list, that I didn't pull the list, but you could look the bill up and read it. Unless it's part of those reasons, you you can't terminate the lease with that person. Too bad. That's got to feel good if you're the owner of the uh, residence. Point number two, this bill until January 1st, 2023, what is it with these sunsets we just talked about it in the last right. episode i'll tell Matt. you right
2: now it's uh, costa uh it's the costa bill costa housing bill it's supposed to sunset in 2023 here we go so
3: here let me keep going it. let's link it in this bill would until january 1st 2023 prohibit an owner of residential real property from increasing the rental rate for that property more than once annually and prohibit the owner from increasing the rental rate in an amount that is greater than 7% plus the percentage change in cost of living as defined or 10%, whichever is lower, more than lowest rental rate charge for the immediate 12 months, et etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So they're getting down to specific percentages that you as the owner of a property who rents it out have to work within when it comes time to potentially changing the rent. And this article notes, understandably, that relatively generous price ceiling could dissuade a majority of developers who build housing projects with the eye of selling them off to investors. That goes away. It's back to investing one-on-one, people. If you're going to cap the potential returns that I can get on an investment that I make, obviously, it's all a risk. But if you're going to cap my upside, there's a good chance I might not even invest in that thing to begin with. And what do we need more of, more investments of in California?
2: Housing, right? We're not allowed to have that in this state.
3: Yeah, so essentially what what this sort of a bill does is provide a major, major blow to the one thing that's at least a notable group, I think, of people can agree on, that in order to help fix high housing prices in California, you need greater supply. Well, why are people going to build stuff especially rental units, if there's a chance that they can't rent them for what they need to rent them for to earn a return on their investment. So you've just taken off potential new buildings
2: offline. So I alluded to it. and I got, got the name wrong because I was just going off the top of my head. Costa Hawkins bill. Ah, oh, okay. Okay. So it basically, uh, the Costa Hawkins is a state law that sets some requirements for uh, 15 cities in California uh, with rent control kind of uh, deals here. And it prevents cities from establishing rent control or capping rent on units constructed after February of 1995. So as you can see, it's all structures that are built after that time period, and it's getting a little dated. So it's also supposed to, you know, under under the yearly yearly rent increases are capped at three to 8%, but landlords of buildings constructed after 1978 can set their own rental rates and change them at any time, as long as they provide proper notice to tenants. So this is really stacking up against uh, a lot of the things that landlords are trying to do and what politicians are trying to do. They're obvious nemesis, right? So the Sacramento city has come up with their own rent control measure, and they just passed it not too long ago. Okay, uh, let me get the facts and figures here. I thought I so had
3: there's no one. more uh, there's no more high cost rentals or housing problems in Sacramento. Then, of right? course not.
2: So that all got fixed. Cool. They approved a rent control and a tenant protection measure last week and moved up to the uh, moved up the date. Uh, it attempts to prevent landlords from evicting tenants before the new regulations are implemented. After roughly two hours of testimony from tenant groups and landlords, the council voted seven to one to pass it in Sacramento. And one of the things is it uh it's uh, houses again built after February nineteen ninety five, and that's where Costa Hawkins bill comes into play. So six percent year plus inflation. Mm-hmm. So you come up to about, you know, you can raise your Right now the rules are you can raise rents up to ten percent because mm-hmm. of the old bill. Now politicians are asking to lower that significantly right. to, you know, either zero right or up to three, four percent, depending on who you talk to. And we're gonna get a couple of laws and I believe it is I think you talked about it, A B fourteen eighty two. Uh that's supposed to replace everything. It's a done deal. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's, done deal. It, so we're gonna get rid of Coastal Hawkins and supplement it with this, and because of that, now we'll get a whole bunch of cities ramping up and getting ready for the inevitable, which is now they can actually do rent control, rent oh. control, whatever they want. Oh, right, yes, yeah, so that's why you see all these dates of 2023 because they already know they're ready for it. I see, there you go. So the cap was it
1: was 10%, right? Like if you did whatever's lesser, seven percent right, plus that, a that, cola, that,
2: that, that's right, that's right.
1: So so
3: use ten, right? Or whatever, yeah.
1: So I would I'm using ten. Yeah. Why wouldn't you at this point, because you're being capped, a charge higher <laughs> right, to begin just, with. Just like artificially like scream it up. Scream it up. Yeah. And then just go ten percent every year right off the bat. <laughs> right. Right. And totally because, because doing the quick math, within four years, if you started with two thousand dollars. Yeah. Within four years, you're basically at three grand
2: okay. a year. Yeah.
1: Or a month, or yeah, 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 right. yeah. So, why wouldn't you artificially inflate the base fee or the base rent? <laughs> right. Start higher, and I, then just yeah. keep piling on because what you're going to get into is like a compounding interest scenario, <laughs> right, right? right? Because right, right, you're twenty right. two hundred at ten percent turns into twenty four twenty at ten percent turns into it becomes exponential.
2: Yeah, I I see this immediate effect. If they're going to do start the program in twenty twenty three then baby you better hit that maximum you're allowed to hit right now, and every year after that, three exactly. years, boom boom, boom, we're not even talking thirty percent we're talking compounding interest, oh man, everybody's gonna hurt everybody's gonna start wondering where they're gonna where they're gonna live, why it costs so much to be in the state.
3: But notice the absurd, th- we're, we're, we're doing it, right? The absurd thing is none of this discussion is actually talking about anything remotely that would actually help ease right. housing prices in California. Right. right. We need supply. And if this does anything, it prevents new supply from coming online. Another point, there was a, an article in the City Journal on uh, May 20th. And it brought up a good point. It said, if rent regulation discourages capital improvements, so think about that for a second, right? If if all if this sort of bill comes down the pipeline, mm. why am I incentivized to upgrade and do necessary or improvements that on the margin I might decide to do if I felt I could pass them on in the rent to, to make the place nicer? I'm not going to do those things. Right. Because I can't increase the rent enough to offset having made those upgrades, right? Right. So if it's if it's if this will discourage regular capital improvements, then buildings in all but the highest rent areas will become private sector equivalent of a city's housing. You authority. know,
2: interestingly enough that is a part of the just cause, but you can't do the improvements while the tenant is there. Right. So you and can't not gonna, get rid
3: of them and they're not going to move, which is the other problem with rent control is the mobility. People um people incorporate all of these factors and you start to skew people's choices, right, and decisions, and that's one of them is people make the point rent control is fantastic for the people who are living in a place the day that rent control gets enacted. But the family or the college graduate etc that comes 10 years later they got a big problem because there isn't movement and mobility in the marketplace because someone who has an artificially low rent, the last thing they're going to do is go move if they have it negatively skewed in their favor. So, but the point of this one was, but in all but the highest written areas will become private sector equivalent of city's housing authority where deferred maintenance has snowballed into repair backlogs, the opposite of gentrification call it shabbification, would emerge. Shabbification? You're just going to get places places that are more and more degraded, nasty, places you don't want to live because the rent is artificially low. People are staying there. They're not going to move. So you, if you wanted to, you could go in and upgrade it. But you're not going to go in and upgrade it because you can't get the rents out of it that would be required to
2: pay for the upgrades that you made. I always find that gentr- gentrification thing kind of a joke. And the reason why, let me explain it to you, like you're a young professional, you've earned money, you saved money, and you intend to buy a house, but you're priced out of the market. But what can you afford? Let's say it's a $300,000 home. Now, for some areas, that's out of your reach, and other areas, it's kind of reasonable. And I'm going to kind of give you a location where that's reasonable, and that location is Compton. I bet you you could you can buy yep, that's fair you can buy a, a standard track home two bedroom one bath starter home for that price range and a two bedroom one bath be, uh, house in Bel Air will not be in that price exactly range. so you say I'm gonna take the risk and live in this neighborhood I'll start at the outskirts if I will and eventually a lot of people are thinking the same way you are thinking and eventually <clears throat> it becomes gentrified. It's not something that was intentional. It's just that somebody went, I want to buy your house, and the other person said, I want to sell you my house. And we did that over and over again, and ta-da. Well, and the other
1: thing that's interesting is, we're going to talk about this later, your rents are going to be capped as a property owner, but your property tax may not be capped anymore.
3: May not be if you're if that's right. If you're a renter, if if it's a commercial, right? Because you're in the rent business of renting now, right? That's right. Right.
1: So, how do you keep up with? Are is property tax going to be tied to the percentage of your rent? Because how are you going to make up for the difference when your property tax goes up or gets reassessed, and you're still capped at getting peanuts from your renters?
3: Great point. You got a problem.
1: (laughs) <laughs> I, I heard an interesting fact about property tax the other day, and I never even thought about this. With the shows like Extreme Home Makeover and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. these people were losing their homes because they were improving them so much to where their assessed value changed, and they can no longer afford the property tax. Even though they didn't have a
3: mortgage. Or, or, or do, they, might, do they That's where do they, they come okay, in, and they okay. redo your house, it, and they yeah, upgrade yeah. it. And, got
1: it. Okay. So then yeah. the, the assessed value of your home went up, Way uh, more than it was because it was a dump before. So they have to reassess. Or sometimes it's people who are disabled, yeah, right, and yeah. they're doing a good deed for them and redoing yeah. the whole house. Then the house goes up and it's worth hundred <laughs> grand more, yeah. and they can't afford that, Jeez. that property tax, and they lose their home. <laughs> You're just like. <laughs> but I own my home, don't I, Louie? <laughs> no, no, you don't.
2: I, I own
3: it. I paid for it. In a make-believe world,
1: you own your home. <laughs> That's
2: odd, Louie. How dare you tell me such scary notions.
3: There was a study. Uh, we won't go through it all, but it was done by um, Rebecca Diamond and some others. She's an associate professor of economics at Stanford, and they got some actually some access to interesting data. And they they looked at the address changes of San Franciscans over about eighteen years, starting in nineteen ninety four when rent control expanded to small multifamily
2: housing. I remember this one. Yeah.
3: So I think we might have referenced this on the show we before, did. but but. Mm-hmm. Now, in light of a little bit fuller discussion around this, some of the more interesting points again, when when they examined this, people who ended up in rent-controlled apartments, and this is critical, at the time of the law changed, saved seven billion dollars over eighteen years. But see, that's because they were—it was like they were first in line. They were in the apartment. It got locked in. Okay, done. I don't move. I jokingly always think about the uh, friends. Right, right, you know, and they were in that grandmother's apartment in New York, and it was super cheap because they were piggybacking. well, they weren't about to move until they absolutely had to right, and then the the uh, Rebecca uh, Diamond goes on to say in this study, people over forty saved the most and saw three times the benefit of younger people, probably because young people can't stay put in the same way. they' got to move around, like marriages, job changes, et etc. But for those who don't have to move, they benefit the most. So, like most things the government does, there are secondary and tertiary effects, and they have chosen certain winners and losers by enacting this stuff, and it's just rarely the intended people who do the winning that they want it to in the first place. Next one. Next topic. We're going to go back to the world of education. I know we talked about Mm. that last episode, but here we go. Push for weaker Requirements for reading teachers That's That's quickly odd. stalls. Weaker. I, I know. This is crazy. There was actually the, the, the push to weaken requirements uh, here in if the state. If you can't but, meet the bar, just lower the bar. <laughs> it's exactly. You have two options here, and the easier option is to lower the bar. So the article starts off, and it's worth reviewing um, that this year, we were reminded, has been one of the more fruitful years for the California Teachers Association. Assemblyman Patrick O'Donnell's Assembly Bill fifteen oh five. It gives school districts more power to reject ch- charter school applications. So we're back to the old: uh, charter schools are the enemy and uh, spawn of the devil. Yes, makes sense. Um, and I'm
2: glad we got rid of them.
3: But no, but he, but, but 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 he says, "Quote this: this bill will not shut down existing charter schools. Oh, if you are a good charter school operator, there's nothing for you to worry about in this bill." Uh-huh, rest assured, Bobby.
2: I am assured your your, your worst fears will not be realized I'm so assured right now you have no idea.
3: did you guys know about the the article says ten percent of California's over six million k through twelve students attend charter schools. um public school advocates and teachers' unions are critical of charter schools, shocker, which they view as competitors. There's also assembly bill fifteen o six which would literally outright cap the number of charter schools in the state. So when you can't get them out through other means, just, yeah, just cap make it, it illegal yeah. to have over a certain number. And then Assembly Bill 1507 uh, would eliminate charter schools' ability to operate outside of the boundaries of the agency that authorized it. So just all sorts of ways that they're trying to box these these people in
2: after the charter school.
3: So that's, that's one track of, of good stuff that's happened for the CTA. The other track is governor governor Gavin Newsom's first state budget. As we've talked about on the show, freed up hundreds of millions for financially strapped schools. You mean teachers unions? Uh, Yes. By easing pressure on their pension rates and steering some additional money to them for education programs. Okay. So, the California Teachers Association and its allies are trying to weaken requirements that prospective reading teachers demonstrate mastery of phonics education. This is all. We hooked on
2: phonics, baby. <laughs> remember all that? Yeah, I do remember that. This That's is all Senate Bill great joke S-
3: Senate Bill 614. It's an attempt to decrease the qualifications needed to teach reading. Here's where this whole stuff gets interesting. The NAACP Oakland chapter, they wrote a letter. and they I read th- the letter. Interesting, right? Yes. This is we're, we're back into the world as we are in other topics that we've talked about, the dem on dem fighting, right? Because they can't, you know, they you they, can they, only they, split the atom so many times. Exactly. So this letter says, "quote This bill is unconstitutional, will exacerbate the literary crisis, and sets the stage for California districts to repeat one of the lar- one of the biggest mistakes of the last twenty five years." SB six fourteen eliminates the safeguard that assesses teachers prep and will only increase the number of unprepared teachers who overwhelmingly will serve the most vulnerable student populations. Here's a stat from the from the letter that the NAACP put together. Which think about it. They're like literally admitting the failure that is the education right. system in a state that they support. Mm-hmm. They said 75% of African-American boys in California classrooms do not meet reading standards. Three out of four African-American males don't read meeting standards. I am shook. As early as as fourth grade, for example, nearly 80% of black boys failed to meet state reading standards. I mean, you can only define abysmal in so many ways, but that's one of them
2: the statistics come from the national council on teacher quality and as of 2018 i'm unaware if they have released their 2019 uh, statistics yet but let's go with it as with the undergraduate ratings reported in 2016 traditional graduate elementary programs showed notable improvement in preparations for teachers Teaching children how to read, the number of programs teaching scientifically based reading methods has improved since 2014, rising from 17% to 23%. Oh, jeez. Yes, I read that correctly. We are applauding, going from 17% (laughs) to 23%. Thank you.
3: Yes, California, well done, well done, California.
2: We are on our way, baby. What, what is, is what is going on? What what is that? A point and a half every year. We're on our way. We're on our way. I <laughs>
1: I always beat up on teachers. That's that's become my. Thing. <laughs> this, this
2: is why we're looking at you <laughs> right now. We know you have something to say.
1: We used to live in an era where public servants like. Police officers, firefighters, teachers kind of yep. walked on water. Yep. Right? Yeah. But we've transitioned. There are bad cops. Yep. We're sniffing out bad cops. There's bad firefighters. We're sniffing that out. But nobody wants to talk about bad teachers. Whoa, They're still off limits.
3: Impossible. There cannot be a bad teacher.
1: and Right? And you have this whole thing where, God, you could even go back and get super deep how the amount of sexual abuse in schools is light years ahead of the Catholic Church. But it doesn't get talked about, right? And the problems in education don't really get talked about. It's all solved with a dollar amount, or in this case, just lower the bar. Uh, We can't meet it, so we'll just lower it, which, come on, man. That ain't the answer.
2: Can we lower the bar for doctors?
1: Right, or anybody else. Mm. Let's just
3: lower the bars. So so to that point right there, there is a teacher blogger named Rachel Hurd. She's a 13-year California Teachers Association member. And, and so in internal communications, she said the union cited two primary motivations for seeking these changes. Okay. Number one. Mm. The pathway to becoming a teacher in California loses a significant share of candidates at each testing juncture. Good. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> right. So, that's the point. So uh. we need more teachers, so lower the bar so we have just head counts that are bigger even though the
2: quality is not good.
3: Okay. Thanks, Rachel. Oh, that's point number no, one. Number two. We did this before. <laughs>
2: We we honestly did this before. We got teachers from like the Philippines. <laughs> it, it, it was uh, it was an interesting time.
3: Point two. Reason number two: the abysmal first-time pass rates for native Spanish speakers, African Americans, and male teacher candidates.
2: Beautiful.
3: So we need to lower it until they can pass. <laughs> Would you go to a doctor like that? Unbelievable! <laughs> Literally, no. That's that is a fantastic parallel, right? Would you go to a doctor?
1: That is only a doctor because the bar got low enough for him to actually, him or her, to actually get into med school and pass. They couldn't get a good score on the MCAT, but they lowered it enough to where he they finally
3: got a score. Wanting the best surgeon when you're on the operating table needing open heart surgery does not make you selfish. It makes you smart. Correct. Why is, why is there any difference here? And and I get the old adage,
1: what do you call a doctor that got C's in med school and a doctor that got A's? Doctor. Doctor, Right. But it was still a rigorous C that was obtained, (laughs) right? Like there was still this other heightened level of education that was obtained. And sure, there are crappy doctors out there. But by and large, if you got to a point where you're a licensed physician, you do know a few things. Right. Right? With teachers, I... It's the tenure thing, and I get tenure helps protect uh, your ability to have an open classroom. That is right, but that is so. But not it also protects the, crappy that's right. teachers. That's right.
2: Tenure was originally supposed to protect teachers from making the crazy assertion that the Earth went around the Sun. Right. I mean, I mean, that's like they'd burn you alive because you said something so crazy, like that. witches. Yeah, witchcraft. It's
3: not meant to protect teachers who think two plus two is five.
2: Right. And, and I, I mean, like, I'm, I'm serious in the same point. I mean, Galileo didn't release his findings until after he died because he was afraid someone was going to kill him for making that assertion.
1: Well, and there's no check and balance because we've just thrown our hands up and said, "Well, they they have the classroom they were dealt right
2: always
3: <laughs> that that that's always what's good.
1: What I get from some of my public school teacher friends, I kind of feel like
2: you're going into the uh, Joe Biden gaffe of, well poor kids are just as smart as white kids. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was like, oh, bloody. man. No, my,
1: I'm going down this thought process of I have a lot of public school teacher friends, and I'm a private school kid, and I always get the, well, private schools don't have to have credentialed teachers, right? so they're not as good. But private schools have the check and balance of success rate, right? So if the school is not getting these kids to great high schools or great colleges then those teachers are going to be weeded out that are preventing that, that achievement, right? Public schools don't have any kind of merit or achievement or anything. It's just you're hired, here you go, you're there until you get laid off or you get something super, super bad that actually gets you fired. But there's nothing else. Ultimately,
2: you're talking to John who believes what we should have Tijuana doctors with no licensing. You know. John wants to get rid of all licensing for every occupation. Just get rid of them. I mean, I like, mean,
3: I, I'm sorry, but the the we obviously we've been into this debate and the nuances before, <laughs> but we've been talking about this on the last couple of episodes at least. You guys can all agree, the licensing game is a racket to a large extent.
2: Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, that 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 I think we. Can I both think the agree occupational with. ones, especially you know, you know, hairdresser uh, kind uh, of deal. joke. Yeah. total joke. It's a big joke.
3: This is interesting, though. I mean, look, let, let's get real honest. Sure, the NAACP Oakland is writing this letter at the end of the day, they're going to support any dim that runs
2: in any area They're,
3: the, the education system
2: is going to get worse. It,
3: all this stuff is all... It's <laughs> rearranging deck chairs on the
2: Titanic. That's, That's what, what, we're what we're doing. Let me drop one more nugget from this thing. It Please says, while it. the residency drop programs it. in the sample deserve praise for providing high-quality student teaching experiences, even with these programs, there is a quality control issue. Only about a third of residencies require that the classroom mentor be an e- efficient teacher and require candidates to receive frequent feedback. Two crucial elements of any student teaching experience. Still, residencies stand out in comparison to both alternative routes and the traditional graduate programs that fulfill these two requirements at a rate of only 5%. Fun stuff. Good
1: times. So there's really no, the program's not very rigorous. It's not rigorous at all. Right. In your teaching credential Mm -hmm. program.
2: Yeah. Isn't that fun?
3: Next one. (laughs) You guys ready for a crossfire?
1: Oh, is well, it this.
0: that time? John it expl-
3: is It is that time. Let me explain to you him. what we're about to do. I'm going to ask, I'm going to pose a question, and depending on who wins Rochambeau, which you cannot see right now, the first person who goes will decide if they want to take, which side they want to take of the topic, and the other person must respond in the opposite way, whether they agree with it or not. Baby, I'm on fire. I'm on a hot streak. Bobby is going first. So let me read straight from the website. I had a friend ask me this question over email a week ago, and it was a, it was a good one. And they kind of know my political bent, so I tried my best, but I'm going to pose this to you guys. Here is straight from their webs from his website. Andrew Yang is running for president as Democrat in 2020 to implement the Freedom Dividend. The form of UBI he's proposing for the United States is a set of guaranteed payments of $1,000 per month or $12,000 per year to all the U.S. citizens over the age of 18. Yes, that means you and everyone you know would get another $1,000 a month every month for the U.S. government, no questions asked. Now, Andrew says, and this is me saying this, Andrew says he's doing this because of impending artificial intelligence, etc. He has his reasons.
2: Is this a good idea, Bobby, yes or no? Free money is always a good idea. I mean, when is it not? You offer me a $1,000 a, a, thousand a month? I'll take that any time of the week. Let's do this. I I can utilize that money in a very efficient manner. I don't know about the other people. And especially given the fact that there's so many opportunities to waste my money living in this state, why wouldn't I just go ahead and do it? Inflation may uh, be a factor given the fact in a couple of months or so with this extremely expensive program I mean, how wouldn't it be? But, hey, that's not my concern. I get free money. Free. I think it started the clock a little late on me.
1: uh, No, you ended pretty early, though. Okay, fine. You didn't use all your time to its full potential. I was just doing some... Oh,
3: doing a little math? Okay, quick. So let me just recap while Louis finishing. So, Bobby, your whole notion is come one, come all. People can use the money... They can spend it however they best see fit. Exactly. No problemo. Interesting. I think Louis finishing up a calc or two, and then he's going to lev- let us have... I mean, the clock's the, not ticking on him, but... He's uh, going gonna to let us have the reasons why we should not do this.
1: Are you kidding me? Universal basic income to sit on your butt and do absolutely nothing? There, what incentive is there for you to do anything in life? There are 112 million people over the age 18 in this country, according to the latest U.S. Census, (laughs) which means you're looking at $112 billion a month for universal basic income. Where are you going to come up with that money, Bobby? Look, I know you're a dreamer (laughs) and you have big dreams. I know that you want free money, but we can't do it. We can't afford it. And there's zero incentive to then go do anything. On the converse side, Maybe your employer will just supp supplicant supplicate your money by taking a thousand bucks off your check. You're getting a thousand bucks from the government. So why wouldn't I save a thousand as a business owner? Or maybe not even give you a raise because I know you got another thousand bucks coming. In any event, that will become the new zero and the new normal for your bank account. So I think at a certain point everything will just get inflated by a thousand bucks. Right? Or whatever that relative amount is that becomes the new baseline
3: for zero. I th- like do people not? I think you're right. I think we're seeing it. Look, anyone who's been. Talking, I won, right? <laughs> but is that, you can, John. You can say it. I'm actually. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how I responded to my friend. <laughs> no, no, seriously. And I think I've mentioned it this on the show. I don't have a problem with this, provided it's going to replace. This is the, exactly what I was. The current do social yeah. safety net. Look. As Friedman would argue, as Murray would argue, economists argue, I think rightfully so, if we're going to agree as a nation to have a social safety net, why don't we make people market participants as quickly and as efficiently as possible? This does that. So in that regard, assuming we're in a world where we're going to have a social safety net, let's do it this way. But why wouldn't it just change zero? I'm also not necessarily on... I could also see it just like a Friedman negative income tax. There should be some sort of a means testing. But to that point, we're already no, we're already having wick cards, you know, food stamps, all these right. other support services that would go away in my in my waving a wand world. But
1: at least there is some kind of qualifying factor uh, for I, that. The means this te- is just the,
3: the means testing. Right. right.
1: This just everyone gets a grand.
3: Well then that that becomes dis- zero. I'm not gonna disagree. Right? I mean I'm that's right. your baseline. Uh, it's kind of like let's raise the minimum wage to a thousand dollars an hour. Yeah. Like, why not? Okay. Now a cheeseburger costs you know twenty five hundred bucks. Exactly.
2: Thousand yeah. bucks a month going to the strip club, baby.
0: Woo. <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs>
0: See, some people will <laughs> use their money. In it.
1: Yeah. 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 Hey, this I is. But a... that actually goes to somebody else. Hey, so. you know what?
2: <laughs> this, that's exactly what Katrina happened. Financing
1: some young lady through med school.
2: Hey, that's that's what happened to Katrina. They gave out the the ATM cards. The the storm? storm, Or are you still talking? Well, I guess it could be a stripper name, but sure, why not? We're recording. Yes, this is documented. Uh, Hey, you know what? Uh, During the storm of Katrina in New Orleans, uh, they did hand out to the residents their money in the form of a, a debit card. Okay. And they found out a lot of the recipients were using it at the strip club. And people were pissed off. Rightly so. So oh, you ended up having to have restrictions on the card, right? Which is kind of where we lead into a thousand dollars a month with no restrictions. And when people when people are struggling because they spent their money on something stupid instead of the basic necessities like healthcare and food and whatnot, lodging. Then is it on me to feel sympathy, pity? On you for spending your money in the wrong location. It's an interesting question as to the average America's
3: Americans' outlook on those people when they know that those people received the "quote unquote" free money.
1: If they can't spend that efficiently, they're not spending the money they do earn Correct. efficiently, Correct. and that's why they're they're dependent on the UBI, right? And bingo, I, I would love to do a poll to see how many people are on government. Assistance and own mm. an iPhone. Right. Right. And people will save and buy and have a means to come up with some cool whiz bang thing they want. Get what they
3: want. That's but right. when it
1: comes to paying their bills or buying groceries, that's not exciting. Negative. Right. Interesting. And
2: I, I thoroughly reject Yang's fear mongering that the robots are going to take all our jobs.
3: Oh, no, he's totally playing that angle.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Industrial
1: Revolution argument. That's right. We used
3: to be 90% agrarian, um, but all based on farming. And now we're like, what, 5%? This shift can happen. It'll happen. And we'll adapt and figure stuff out. Okay, last topic. Uh, We'll do this one quite quickly. It is another one that we've gone over before, but we'll just kind of use it for some updates. Prop 13 treats all California property taxes the same. Voters could change that in 2020. Like we've been talking about, right in the crosshairs is commercial property, right? So pop 13 generally remains popular. 65% of likely voters in a survey last year had been most said it's mostly been good, but they're willing to rethink the tax rules for businesses. Under the proposed initiative, assessors would split their tax rolls into two lists. Homeowners and some small businesses would still receive prop 13 benefits a 1% tax on property's purchase value and an annual increase of no more than 2%, but commercial and industrial property owners would be required to pay more. Beginning in 2022, the levy would be based on the current market value of the real estate, i.e. it'd be marked to market. The business property values would have to be updated by county assessors at least every three years. And I'm guessing that they would do it more often because doing it more often, right, would incentivize, would probably increase You, you wouldn't revenues. imagine how quickly they will, the, the will reassess. reassess. That's right. Um, as you might imagine, uh, California Teachers Association and the California Federation of Teachers were fully on board because schools would receive most of the new tax revenue. How make that money. They estimate about $7 billion a year under the earlier they version need more
1: money. of the more money is the answer, mm. more money. So that means no more tax measures for education.
2: Because they'll have seven billion. For those or of you, we're who, on par for another one. This <sighs> for this those of you lunch, who right?
3: have not listened to our end of last year episode, where we pulled out the the ballots and the descriptions from the last thirty years. This stuff is just lather, rinse, repeat. We're asking for the same monies for the same reasons because. They haven't solved anything because they're not in a position to solve or want to solve anything.
1: I was thinking about it, too, in that they're not really strapped for cash. Nope. So they're not dependent on the tax measure if it passes or not. Nope. So why wouldn't you just throw one on every ballot and see what sticks and what doesn't? You know, some some cities are like, oh, man, we're going to have to lay off cops and firemen if this doesn't pass. True. They're like, we really need to make sure this thing passes. But with education, they have so many billions of dollars. Yeah. And so many guaranteed revenue streams. Right. Why not just throw one on every ballot and just see what sticks, and you chunk out a little percent here, a little
3: percent there.: It's funny, it's almost like uh, proposal writing or grant writing right for businesses or nonprofits, but in this case, uh let's just yeah. write for this grant, see if we get it. We'll yep. cry about the kids and we'll ask for more money. and <laughs> you, John Dumb idiot will
1: go. You and, uh, can
2: really see how they're opening up the door here on on this particular issue. We're only going to do it on a commercial. And if they succeed, and they probably they will, they probably will. Uh, you'll see the very first year be a very uh, lucrative, I'm sure, uh, i uh, money maker for California as a whole. But I f- kind of feel that over the long run, they're going to kind of have to take a very long look at this, and the property owners themselves of the commercial properties, they're going to go, "We're being assessed too high from your initial mm-hmm. assessment." And we paid way too much, and we've been paying. You know, we've been, yeah, you know, putting the cost on the on Joe Public, who are our customers. So I kind of see this in the long run of not going in the direction that they want it to go. No, <laughs> you know, that's California in a nutshell, right? But they'll use the first year statistics Ooh. to go after residential. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good trick. Yeah. That's a good trick. Because they'll go, well, four years from now, we'll use that and we'll have lots of money. And I'm surprised it's lasted this long, honestly. It's so
3: true. You know, with this date, it's so true. Um, And I just want to remind everybody listening, if you have anything to do with a business, I don't know, maybe shop at one, employed by one, interact at all with any kind of business, it's probably gonna have some negative consequences for you. Not nope. in this
2: state. Have you seen the uh, the tent cities? <laughs>
3: Touche. Right. Are we doing rent control in tent cities too? Ooh, <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if tents are capped. You know, at the at the uh, you're gonna
1: see little tent cities get their own charter and everything someday. <laughs> They're gonna be their
3: own deal. Awesome. Um, actually, the last point on this one that I felt's kind of interesting, although this hasn't been the last time or the first time we've mentioned this. Excuse me. One key impediment to the effort is now gone. Jerry Brown, who was governor when Jarvis accused state leaders of ignoring the plight of homeowners, he refused to embrace The first time. That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's right. His first run through Uh the governorship. He refused to embrace the split-roll effort at every turn during his final eight years in the office, insisting the campaign couldn't be won.
2: How scary is it that... (laughs) We kind of go, hell, Jerry Brown ain't so bad. Dude,
3: no, I'm telling you, in about two years already, but in, easily in two years, we're going to miss Jerry Brown. Oh, totally. Uh, without question.
1: Another episode down? Another done. week down?
2: Big time. Done is Big done.
1: time. Big time. This it, is a episode 58.
2: 58. Wow. Jeez. Hit that share button, baby.
1: Smash the share button. Subscribe. Download us on Apple iTunes. And give Google us a review. Yeah. yeah, give us a review. Drop us a line. Not a bad review. No, no. Five stars. If you don't want to leave five stars, then just send us an email. But we're totally worth five
3: stars.
1: (laughs) And uh, you can find us on our website, calistreaming.com, C-A-L-I-streaming.com, our show notes and the articles we talked and referenced about. You can download them and read them. We are the number one rated California conservative podcast. Booyah. Booyah. Rated by ourselves and our parents. They think we're the best.
2: I know John's mother is our number one fan. Yeah,
1: And last week, well, happy to report, Bobby was able to change his gender on all of his transcripts and stuff. Oh, success. Sweet,
2: They're all Latinx. Sweet. (laughs) Gives you the option. Gives me the option. Yeah. You can only do
1: it once. And you took it. It's efficient. You don't have to go back. Bobby, let them know what they got to do, especially if they're
2: new. Well, other than sharing our podcast, you got to burn it all down.